I just realized I am not wearing pants. We've been watching. Um, we can. I mean, we'll probably talk about it when you talk about what you've been watching. I've been watching Mangrove, or excuse me, Small Axe. I've been watching Small Axe. Yeah, I just watched. I only watched the first episode. I haven't watched any of the others. I think I have a bad opinion on this because I, I like I, I loved Mangrove. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I thought Lovers Rock, which is the second installment. This is the Steve McQueen like miniseries that we're talking about on Amazon Prime. Um, I thought the second episode was really solid. Uh, do you know what it's about? Like a house party or something? Yeah, Lovers Rock is about a house party, and that's literally all it's about. The entire time you're there is at a house party. It's only like 70 minutes long, um, and it's kind of the opposite of Mangrove, where that 70 minutes is kind of made to be way longer and then mangrove has like a really hefty runtime bless you vince has covid that is pretty cleanly bifurcated but it Mm. like condenses the time really nicely yeah yeah what do you what do you think of mangrove i i really liked it oh it's really nice i think it's fine yeah i think it's yeah it's it's that should be uh I don't know. I think anything made for TV should be that good. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, I keep thinking of the production design of the of Mangrove. I love the wallpaper and the paint. The tables. I kept on noticing the tables and the chairs looked like they were Bro. furniture pulled out of somebody's house. When And then also when he flexes his espresso machine. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I watched it with my mom. Very good time. Throw some context. Um, Your mom. Oh, my mom, uh, I mean, would have been a teenager at that time in London. Uh, also, she pointed out, this is, it's uh, the riots and stuff took place in Notting Hill, which is in North London. My mom is from the East End. Right. Um, and then her mom is from Jamaica. So, yeah, also... Uh, my mom knew all of the songs that played and right. she pointed out that they're all from the same record label, which was Trojan records. That's why the small ax font has the, uh, the, the, the Trojan yeah. in it. That's insane. Yeah. Yep. I liked the music in lovers rock a lot more because it is more big bass dub sort of stuff. Ooh. It's okay. It's really nice. It starts getting into more of like a, I don't know. It's like less protest music, less like lyrically driven, uh, very like hard hitting music. And it's a lot more mm. vibey. Um, Got you. It's, it's fucking it, dude. It's fucking nice, man. It sounds nice. I'll have to watch soon. Can I ask, and this is a no spoilers thing. This, I might have to cut this out cause it's such a tangent, but does it contain somebody? Does it turn into a house fire? No. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. The most, because, the most yeah. plot, quote unquote, plot thing that happens in it is uh, the main, uh, the female protagonist uh, stops a rape from happening. Okay. Um, other than that, it's very vibe-y. It's such a horrible word. It's like post-plot. I don't know. 
Um, okay. Yeah. Because my mom was telling me about some big house party that happened around that time <clears throat> that my auntie Vaughn was supposed to go to. And it was one of those house parties that just ballooned up and too many people came. Yeah. And then apparently through the, uh, the postage slot, um, people were, I mean, some racist people were pouring in gasoline. You mean to tell me that the well. people that were pouring in gasoline into a black house party were racist? Yes. That's insane. And, and um, 13 people died. Jesus fucking Christ. So I was wondering, I was like... This is not that, re- thankfully. I, uh, yeah, yeah. No. Thankfully, yeah. But I also was really interested to see, like, oh, if there is a very real piece of history that my aunt Yvonne almost came in contact with... That'd be tight. That is now in a film that I can watch with my mom. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be sick. No, but, it, no. it is, It is alas, it is not that. Uh, the Like I said, the most big <clears throat> plot stuff comes... Uh, it's all driven by the characters. There's nothing external like that. Um, mm. okay. There's hardly even racism in the movie. Uh, there's one encounter. Somebody goes outside or something, and they see a group of racist teenage boys. Um, nothing like Mangrove, though, where it's just constant in your face over and over again. Um, cool. Shout out to Steve McQueen, who also directed the All Day, I feel like, that video for Kanye. One of my favorite pieces of filmmaking ever. He, Anyways, we can move on. <laughs> no, he's he's great. If if Small Axe does anything, despite how muted I felt about Lovers Rock, uh, Small Axe does anything. It just proves like Widows was a, a misstep. I think that's nice. Yeah, our, that's good to know. Yeah. Um. Have you? Do you like uh like Hunger and uh? Sh- you like Shame, obviously. Yeah, I have I haven't uh seen Hunger and I also haven't returned to 12 Years a Slave. So I have not seen 12 Years. Oh wow. Um I have seen Hunger though and Hunger is awesome. Mm. That movie is uh some of the most depraved shit I've ever seen put to film. Um that's what I want from Michael Fassbender is whatever he was doing in that movie. Yeah. It's- yeah. That's what he's born for, is smearing shit on the walls and whatnot, right? That's exactly what I was going to say, buddy. Um, Yeah. I regret to inform you all, uh, for those of you that have been following, um, hashtag where is my fucking goddamn Blu-ray copy of the Criterion edition of The Irishman in the mail. Uh, Hashtag I hope the fuck it's not lost, uh, because Barnes & Noble has been hassling your boy and fucking me without Vaseline. Um Waiting on that one, but luckily somebody was nice enough to upload all of the supplements to YouTube, so I've been working my way through that. There's this little behind-the-scenes bit called the Collaboration of a Lifetime or something like that. Dude. Sick. I don't know. Look, that movie fucking rocks. (laughs) It's so fucking good. The more and more I think about The Irishman, the more and more I'm like, oh wait, was that the movie of the decade? Was it The Irishman? I, it might be. I'm so glad I got to see it in a theater. Me too. Uh, yeah, watched it with Sophie. Uh, maybe the last like great theater experience I had. It would have been like like late November, early December. Yeah, and nothing has topped it since. Yeah. <laughs> it rocks. Um, yeah, that movie's amazing. Watching it with Aiden and his parents was... 
insane. They got to watch me eat like two hot dogs without blinking and staring at his dad in the eyes the entire time. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then last last night I watched uh, this documentary from uh, this filmmaker by the name of Alice Gu. Uh, She directed a movie called The Donut King. I was surprised to see it was executive produced by Ridley Scott. Uh, Throwing this documentary on Hoopla was very weirded out because uh, the Scott Free logo plays in the beginning. Um, It's basically about... um, Here, I'll read the synopsis. Um, The story of fate, love, survival, hard knocks, and redemption. It's the rags-to-riches story of a refugee escaping Cambodia, arriving in America in 1975, and building an unlikely multi-million dollar empire baking America's favorite pastry, the donut. So it's just about, like, it's like an ethnography about the Cambodian, uh, like, immigration to the United States in the 70s, and about donuts and the history of donuts as, like, a food in California specifically. Uh, documentary itself is okay. Um, it's on Hoopla. It's, it's went straight to Hoopla. It played like South by and stuff like that. Um, watch it. I don't know. Watch it. It's not often that you see like Southeast Asian voices represented in film, like at all. Um, let alone in a documentary that is like, so proud of its like heritage. Um, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's only 80 minutes too. I would, uh, or it's 90 minutes. Sorry. Recommend it. Did make me happy though, because there's a lot of Ridley Scott haters on my timeline all the time. And if this is what he's doing with his time and money in the, come on in the fifth decade of filmmaking of his, of his life filmmaking, Sir Ridley, a micro, no, for (laughs) Sir Ridley (laughs) Hussein, Gaddafi Scott. If this is what he's doing 50 years into his career, putting money into this, a micro budget straight to hoopla film about like Southeast Asian, like immigrant experience, free pass. Give him 30 more alien movies, in my opinion. What have you been Hell watching, yeah. bud? I'm sorry I went long on that one. You're good. I watched a bunch of stuff I don't really care to talk about. I'm not going to lie. Um, let's see. Spent the weekend with Sophie. Right. Uh, watched Noel, the uh, Christmas movie <laughs> on Disney+. Plus. That. that was Disney Plus's premiere movie. Do you know that? Yeah, she was telling me. And... Uh, Bro, the fact that most of this movie takes place in Phoenix, Arizona, it I can't get it. Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. It's not. Yeah. Um, hmm. <laughs> God damn. Also, like, what's his, Billy Eichner is in this and is just, like, not allowed to be fun. Well, he's not very funny anymore. <laughs> I know, I know. But, I mean, I was really hoping... It would like he comes to Earth with Santa, and we could just get a he drove me here. Okay, uh, rewatched Inside Lewin Davis, um, uh, just because it's cold. Um, yeah, I watched Happiest Season, the uh, that the Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Aubrey Plaza movie everybody was freaking out about, right? It was just really boring, so yeah, um. I don't like Dan Levy. Is that his name? Yeah. Is that? 
I love Eugene Levy. Love Eugene. Dan, keep him the fuck away from me. <laughs> he has he has big wet hair. I I'm not into it. I don't like it at all. Oh I don't want to see him. No, and then yeah, I just don't. He's he's an actor whose career should be solely relegated to gifts, to reaction gifts. Yeah, that's it. I no, thank you. Get out of here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Not not good. Uh. Also, this is so fucking random. Rewatch the Big Sleep. I've been piecing my way through. That's that's the comfort before bed. Right. Is putting on the big sleep. Right. The big schmeet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Word to Jason. Um Yeah. I don't know about you, buddy, but I love taking me a big sleep. Yeah? And that's why this week we're brought to you by Um, what are we talking about today, Vince? We're talking about two two documentaries that we both watched uh, just a couple of days ago. We watched um, a film by Samuel Pollard called MLK FBI. Um, just off rip, he uses a slash to delineate the, slash, the two. not the plus. He should have been using a that, plus. No, I think that's a perfect time to use a slash, actually. MLK plus FBI. Oh, no, 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 no. Mm. I, I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, okay, yes, hundred percent. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> of course. Um, actually, um, yeah. No, <laughs> I'd have a problem with him truly if he used an ampersand because fuck ampersands truly. clearly. But come on, bro. No, the slash makes perfect sense. I'm just being a hard ass. And then we watched, um, we watched this uh, Brian Fogel doc. Not to be confused with Jared Fogel. No, please don't. I'm gonna let that one sit. If Jared Fogel was a filmmaker, I would not be watching his. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, Brian Fogel is a documentarian who uh, directed Icarus before. (laughs) Sucked Icarus. I'm done. I'm good, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Had to get it out. We had to get it out. (gasps) Okay. Okay. Brian Fogel is a documentarian who previously directed uh, Icarus, uh, which he won the Oscar for, beating out Anya Sparta for Faces Places. That was probably the most eat-your-fucking-vegetables moment in my adult life, where I was like, I, I like it. I respect their decisions. Hey, it's fine. I don't yeah. care. She got the honorary yeah. Oscar. Um, but yeah. he, he has a new one out called The Dissident which uh, we were supposed mm-hmm. to watch at Sundance and we waited in line for, but we did not get into. No. Both of these movies we watched at Doc NYC, which is at, at this moment just concluded today. Um, yeah. What do you want? Which one do you want to do first? You want to do MLK FBI? Sure. Cool. Yeah. What is, uh, what is MLK FBI about? MLK FBI, uh, chronicles the ongoing feud kind of behind the scenes uh between martin luther king and uh i'm already forgetting that little fucker's name oh my god j edgar hoover j edgar hoover leonardo DiCaprio Uh, for those keeping keeping track at home yeah um 
Yeah, so we all know that MLK was um, being surveilled by the FBI, yeah. of course. Um, like every civil rights group. Like all uh, cool people are. Yeah, so this details how and why and what it led to. That's good, yeah. 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 Um, Samuel Pollard is a filmmaker who we, I think, are are fans of, uh, definitely more so than not. Um, he, for those of you who don't know, is a frequent editor of Spike Lee. Uh, just to name a few, Bamboozled, Clockers, Jungle Fever, fucking Mo Better Blues, the, the one we talked about earlier, Four Little Girls, as well as Girl 6. Now, he has since gone on to direct a lot of nonfiction stuff. Uh, the one that me and Vince are most immediately familiar with is uh, this movie he directed in 2017 called Sammy Davis Jr. I've Gotta Be Me, which, if I'm not mistaken, was a collaboration with PBS. Um, that one played LVFF, uh, the Las Vegas Film Festival, which me and Vince are both working with, worked with. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we love LVFF, but Samuel Pollard premiered that film there. Uh, it was pretty good. We got to watch it. We had a good time watching it. Uh, I don't know. Audience seemed to like it quite a bit. But yeah, he's got this new one, MLK FBI. Uh, what do you uh, What do you think of it? What do you think of Samuel Pollard um, before you watched MLK FBI? Having seen Sammy Davis Jr., I've got to be me. Right. I remember that. That's just one. Because you're like, oh, pretty standard of, you know, life of a f- famous figure or whatever. Right. And as we're sitting there watching it, I think we were both just surprised because... I didn't know anything about him. We didn't know anything about it. And it also f- felt like way better than it should have yeah. been. Yeah, it's one of those. Yep. Could have yeah. been. He had it teed up for just a, like an absolute little like brunt of the bat. But he ended up swinging for the fences and it worked. Mainly, yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. What about you? Same. I don't know. Uh, that's like if that's not the mark of a successful documentarian, then I don't know what is. Is just or filmmaker, I guess. Period. Full stop. Uh, to just uh, go in completely blind uh, as an audience and then come out feeling like you are not only part of the ongoing cultural conversation, but that you like are. I mean, the immediate feeling walking out is like, oh, I know a lot more. I'm like an expert now. Like, I, I can talk about this yeah. ad nauseum. It's that empowerment and, uh, like, education uh, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say, to start this off, I uh, I do not know how you feel, but I came away from MLK FBI feeling like, man, I know MLK as a person a lot more than I think I did before. Right. Um, yeah. Like a lot more. Yeah. You see some stuff in this, uh, that you feel like you probably shouldn't have seen. Uh, there's like, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff and a lot of like voice recordings of MLK, especially towards the final stretch of the movie. Um, Mm mm-hmm. Where it's, Even just him doing like a local interview or something right, yeah. and it's like B-roll, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's it, the access, I guess, is maybe the most important thing to talk about with this one. Yeah. He directs it like um, he directs this as an archive film, much like Asif Kapadia directs um, 
Amy or Diego Maradona, rest in peace, or uh, Senna. Yeah, uh, where it's yeah. all voiceover. There's uh, extremely limited uh, intrusion from the documentarian, uh, and it's just archive work. It's just hours and hours and hours of work that's being laid out there on the screen. That I didn't know it was like that. I didn't know MLK FBI was presented that way. Did you know that? I I did not know either. There is some like towards the very end. No, there's some clear like filler dramatization right. stuff, you know, where you can't have archival footage all the time, at least not for this, I guess. But right. uh, no, he does it really, really well. And I think it totally works in his favor, <laughs> especially when this film is about the perspectives of two different men. Yeah, because you, you run the risk of alienating your audience without really having a, like one central figure to like follow through especially this much time, you know, probably mm-hmm. like more than a decade or so of like King's life um, and in the history of the Bureau. But at no point do you feel like lost in it at all. Pollard, no, no. Pollard like directs time so effortlessly in it. And I think that's yeah. kind of the main thing I wanted to, to talk about, but I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. No, it, it, you're totally right. I think um, it is it is chronicling something that happened, and yeah, it it's in control of it really well. It is such a crazy making testament to the just absolute desolation of Martin Luther King Jr. At the very beginning, he shows you footage of him at like what, like twenty seven, right? He's like he, or something. Yeah, he's he's yeah. like only a couple years older than I am now. Um and he's already such a fully formed person. Yeah. Um like he's already like the person he he maybe not the person he always was because it, it's clear that he went through a lot of changes, but he he's just like it's he's like a like he's there. He is Martin Luther King. Yeah, Jr. yeah. And yeah. then the, by the end of the film you really gotta you gotta see it to believe it hearing martin luther king knowing what he's about to go through basically and like having his fate like sealed externally yeah you see him move heavier his voice sounds more sorrowful and then the movie does that very cool thing that i know you and i like a lot where it turns into a funeral procession yeah it is the it is the the casket being carried onto an open grave. It is unbelievably sad. It is. It made me so fucking sad. Yeah, it bummed me out. Another one that made me sad too was a uh, was also just footage of Coretta during that time. Also, just mm, like too close. You're right. Mm. Um, I I do want to say because of the dynamic of the movie, I think it gets at something really, really special. And this is why I probably like it more than you do. Um, that there is a like morality, uh, duel going on between say Jack, Jagger Hoover and MLK. But what MLK doesn't know is that it is like a psychosexual, like obsession from J. Edgar Hoover. No, it absolutely is. It's the 
not to not to be Bradley Whitford and get out, but it is like literally what that movie is talking about, where it's it's the um, at once the demonization of the the of, of the black man, uh, but it is also the extreme fetishization and um, what's the word I'm looking here? Help me out, like uh, like vic- vicarious nature of it, the voyeurism of it yeah um so which is yeah. is certainly not not it's not a unique thing to like i guess the black experience in general like it is something that like like obviously like like i don't know you can go back and read like paradise lost and milton clearly has that dynamic between god and lucifer and stuff like it's a very mythological thing but in this case you're absolutely right it is a completely psychosexual thing it's it's it is so loaded. thorough Completely. It is so thorough too, because okay, so the literally you see MLK at the the March on Washington. That's right. how the film starts, and he is introduced as the moral leader of our nation, right? Meanwhile, you know J Edgar Hoover's G men, his FBI, they talk about how he's curated them perfectly. He gets the exact kind of uh, carbon copy he, gingerbread what man white boy. Yeah, like maybe played college football so yep. around six feet tall, yada, yada, just the perfect man in a suit. And he's so in control of his, like his presentation as well as, you know, the whole bureau. Um, and <clears throat> to see like MLK also lead a public movement and also feel that he has, he's the moral I don't know. He's got the moral upper hand on everything. Yeah, he's he's the country's Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, it it like it infuriates J. Edgar Hoover, clearly. And he's like, you know what? Fine, we gotta like find a way to pose that he poses a threat. He, oh, he knows one communist. Okay, we gotta start uh bugging everyone around him and him. And of course that leads to how we all know that MLK was having affairs. Um, and then it textually becomes a psychosexual thing where these people exactly. are living vicariously. One of, one of the accounts that they have where they, they obviously try and demonize MLK at every turn, but one of the accounts where they try and criminalize him is when they accuse him of, if not, uh, like willful negligence of a gang rape of one of his parishioners than the yeah. like knowing participation in it. And at that yeah. point, it just becomes rule 34. It's just fan fiction. Exactly. Like it is that, but also it, it turns into like this, the Snowden thing. It becomes like, okay, now you're getting into metadata almost. It's like you're all they're doing is gathering audio from a room that they are not in the FBI. I mean, so they don't know. They can't even tell like who's, who's I don't know, in there. Who's making what noise? Right. Yeah, they don't know who's all in there exactly. So they're just they're making all these assumptions. The rub being in uh, the 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 proof proof positive that it's just a complete fabrication. Being at one point, one of the agents said that Martin Luther King was looking at a specific direction, and they were they were recording behind a fucking wall. Exactly. So, so done. Like you're done. You're cooked. Your goose is fucking exactly. cooked. But this is, 
And it's it's so interesting how it unfolds because it is it is that for J. Edgar Hoover. Meanwhile, MLK is like, why would the FBI even bother? Like he doesn't even believe that that's a thing, which also like it made me think of the that moment in Four Little Girls where they talk about like how small the movement was at that time. Right. Uh, to to really grapple with like this man is a uh, a reverend from Alabama, like, and yeah, he's the leader of a movement, but this is like literally what threat does he pose? Like, I don't understand. Like, the, he's not the only the only way you could perceive that movement as being a threat is if you perceive black people and, and brown people as being a threat. And that's literally exactly. all it is. It has nothing to do with any of the actual like ideologies or yeah. Martin Luther King as an ideologue. It is just clearly that, oh no, groups of black and brown people gather around to listen to him. And that is way too many black and brown people for us to like track or whatever. So yeah, it's scary. Um, or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think, um, also the the I mean the psychosexual stuff is totally kind of rounded out when a um some tapes get mailed to Coretta. Yeah. That's kind of where it ends. You know, they feel they need to do that. Okay. Okay. Like <laughs> um that's where it ends. But then, you know, there's stuff like MLK becomes or he wins the Nobel Peace Prize, which, you know, puts him on an international stage as you know, like an American representative, you know, to the world winning. Yeah. For the world. And yet being recognized globally as a keeper of peace, uh, which is what, I mean, what law enforcement would like to think of itself as. Absolutely. But yeah. Again, J Edgar and his G men, you just can't. So the, the, one of the, the really interesting things that I'm glad Pollard touches on is the fabrication of our perceptions of law enforcement and military uh, through the media and through through film, through radio, through comic books, through all of this yeah. stuff. Because it it's coming at that that point, uh, sort of right before mid century, where you're about to see this massive media boom with uh, television becoming so widely available and films becoming so popular teenagers. Yeah, it's right thing. there. It's exactly. right yeah. there as it's happening. Yeah. It's no, that's, it's, that's very good. Perfectly lined up. He very in- that, intelligently. That's what I'm saying. Like the FBI takes hold of that. hundred percent. They meticulously design through all image. those means. Exactly. They designed their image. And then this just, just this guy shows up with this movement. That is somehow that just derails everything that you've planned on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that that legacy of that curated, every hair has to be in the same direction. You know, beard, mm-hmm. no beard in sight, like teeth brushed immaculately, not a speck of of Edgar's G men or Hoover's G men. Excuse me. Um, that's everywhere now. They won. That is not a conspiracy theory at this point. It is not some like Project Mockingbird stuff. You've got of course. the Marvel movies are quite literally like propaganda yeah. for like global policing. Yes. And then I gotta say, I one of my jobs, I work with kids and they watch Paw Patrol every morning. 
They're dog yeah. cops. Yeah. Like literally like canine <laughs> police. I'm it's it's insane. It's a thing. Yeah. No, they they want there's I mean, and if you're if you still don't believe us, I mean there's a point in the film where MLK is in the same room as JFK and RFK and the government killed all three of those motherfuckers. Yeah. Which was also real, like made me very sad. It felt that's what I think that's around the time it started to feel very heavy. But it's a heavy fucking movie, man. Yeah. Um, I love. Okay, so <clears throat> like like you talked about watching King um, start to doubt himself and watch him start to realize like the not just like the power that he has, but I guess like at like coming to grips that like even at the highest level um these people want to see him fail and these people don't have good intentions um is like when he uh is anti-vietnam and he feels he's forced to stay silent yeah uh meanwhile you know company man lyndon b johnson uh who was his boy up until that point Fuck LBJ, dude. The, the 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 their phone call that you hear audio from is so fucking patronizing from LBJ. He is such a piece of shit. Can you guys listen? Uh, not to promote another podcast, no, but you're good. M- Michael S. Judge, this guy, he uh has a podcast. Death is just around the corner, and they he has an immaculate uh like five part JFK series. Okay. Please listen. What was the name of the podcast? It's again? good. Death is just around the corner. Okay. Well, there's some good cross promotion. <clears throat> no, I I made note of that um, as well while I was watching it because it goes to show you. I think I mentioned it when I maybe last week or the week before. I watched that Greta Thunberg documentary. I am Greta on, on Hulu, and that documentary touches on but doesn't nearly go far enough into how the left uses somebody uh, enigmatic uh, versus how the right uses somebody enigmatic um yeah like a big personality um and in in that specific instance you have the right who is demonizing martin luther king as a demon like literally as like yeah like a movement of like anti-american values and blah 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 and then you have the left who champions him and puts him on a pedestal and clearly only he's so virtuous because he's he's like providing you with a plan on how to live and how to act it is there's pragmatism behind the ideology which is where so many of these like big figures fall is that they they don't give you a game plan they don't map it out for you mlk did that and the left did not like that. The progressive movement in the United States did not like that. And that moment with LBJ is so sad because at they these people honestly did way worse than anything that the right did because MLK was at his peak ready to talk about our young men and young men of color being sent off to fight a war that we now recognize as completely bogus, a fucking Trash. stupid geography test that we lost completely and he's speaking up about that and they silenced him it's that is unforgivable 
And I'm so of glad course. I'm so glad that Pollard calls calls that out, but I'm equally yeah. disappointed in him. If I can get to this bit, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I'm you're disappointed good. in him for including somebody as fucking fugazi as James Comey in the documentary. Bro, Let are me, you fucking kidding me? He's got so he's he is in he's included in the beginning as critiquing um the the infamous Martin Luther King letter which the government wrote to him and is yeah. basically in no 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 minced language telling him to kill himself like kill yourself yeah. that is the way that you can you can make peace with us is just end it just cut it cut it short that's it um and Comey critiques it as being the the quote unquote lowest point in the bureau's history is I have that written down why is that in your movie, Samuel Pollard? Just, Are you forget? Like, I get everybody wants to pretend that James Comey is like a hashtag ally or whatever. Now, yeah, I was wondering if he left that in as like a like okay, James Comey. Not at all. No, it is the most even-handed. <laughs> no, no, no. Comey was literally the same position as J. Edgar Hoover, and you're looking at him now as your voice of reason. What the fuck, dude? Come on, buddy. Liberalism is a disease, dude. Like, what? Oh, my Come God. Come on, buddy. It's, it's, it is a fucking joke. And the fact that Comey pops up a couple more times in it is the most frustrating thing. It sucks. Just because that's that goes to show you, again, we're a documentary podcast, or a political podcast disguising as a documentary podcast. That yeah. is why the Democratic Party continues to fucking fail. It just so happens that they failed upwards this last election, but because they are the party of anti-Trump. So if Comb and I am, we are both completely anti-Trump. Like, I want that motherfucker. But dog, like... Comey being anti-Trump does not mean he's your fucking friend at all. Facts. Facts. Not in the slightest. It's like, why are you... Okay, listen. You see J. Edgar Hoover in this and his behavior. Uh, Was he punished for this? He was no. vindicated. No, no. He's... he's he it's so weird watching this how how praised he was in america at the time so was he punished no does the fbi still exist yeah did the fbi even get in trouble for any of this not at all no No, they grew in popularity why would i I give a shit about any other fbi director that follows they're allowed to do the same thing in this dumbass country He's not your friend. That doesn't have to change for anybody. He's he is not your fucking friend. It's so stupid. Um, That knocked this movie down a whole lot of pegs for me. I'm not going to lie. I know, guys, it's a very small thing. It's just so hard for me to see somebody running at full sprint at something that is genuinely radical because this film does the bro MLK FBI. It's the goddamn title. Yeah. That's that's the conflict. This agency hasn't changed. Why do I have to hear about Comey? I don't care about Comey. <laughs> oh my god, it is the most Yeah. dinner table dinner table, excuse me, neoliberal talking piece on the face of the fucking planet. 
Sorry um, to go on a tangent. That is the one thing. That's the biggest thing that I did not like about this movie is little flourishes sure. like that that just make me. And I trust Samuel Pollard. Make me doubt my trust in Samuel Pollard. Yeah, I did want to get back real quick because you were talking about the enigmatic figures or whatever, um, and how they're treated on both sides. I thought it was a, a good thing that the film did was get on. Uh, like they find any little way to categorize black people as like basically, oh, they all worship the devil or something, yeah. you know? So they're worried like, oh, if a, you know, a black person speaks out like governmentally, they want this. They're like, oh, it's automatically communism or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, blacks, they're susceptible to becoming communists. That's the thing. Of course. They, because can, they, they will get tricked into it. Because they, like um, all minority communities, have a strong sense of belonging amongst each other. <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah, power and community, etc. It's it's fucking stupid. It's very funny. Let's see. Yeah. Um, J. Edgar Hoover, he just keeps getting better and better as the film goes on. We get right into COINTELPRO. Oh, yeah. Oof. Um, Not on. Now you're talking which, my language. At, which comes right after MLK realizes, oh, well, my whole movement started on nonviolence. Of course, I have to speak out against the war. And, uh, buddy, it th- you, that really fucking sucks to hear that that one photographer, Ernest Withers, was just an informant on King the whole time. That is, and you see the pictures of him, and you see him happily working with, like, his old-timey photography equipment and stuff. Like, you see the man in his element, and you realize that that passion and that vigor he has for what he's doing was just used for the devil. Like, literally just used for pure evil. It sucks, man. And again, that's that's another image thing that uh, we're getting into as well. That's literally being toyed with and just used as information, or you know, seemingly being used as yeah, just an image uh, as a way to document things, and is totally something else. Uh, what's it called? Uh, I I've heard this be said before, and I've never looked into it, but apparently you can tell. Uh, whether or not a photographer at the time was white or black based on how they photographed MLK uh, because white photographers would use telephoto lenses because they were not part of the movement. Gotcha. And again, it's very special to have a black photographer Whoa. there. Be close and be shoot, be able to shoot wider. God damn. I haven't looked into it, but no, that's fly. Fuck it. Ben, 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 you don't need to fact check that, Ben. The street street team stand down. We're running with that one as actual factuals. No, that's fucking tight, dude. Yeah. That rules. Also, okay. So after, after Vietnam, I I do want to say, I love that after it wasn't until after, um, uh, MLK was getting ready to do the uh, poor people's campaign of 1968 that they were like, Oh wait, we got to kill this motherfucker, which I, I, number one, I feel bad. I didn't realize that King lived that long. Yep. I thought he died maybe 66 or something, but yeah, I didn't know. I I like, I didn't know it was like not till then. And then he's in Memphis, like I think supporting some labor strike or something. And and that's when they decide they need to get rid of him. Is when when we have a a a 
like a million man march of poor people. Yeah, coalition for the working on, on class. Our, on our capital, we won't recover from that. Not Again, at all. engaging engaging with the uh, with just the image of that. It, it, because as as the God bless King for having lived as long as he did, despite his life cruelly being cut short. As he went on, he did not soften. He hardened a lot, and he became more and more radical as he Bro, went on. Yes, uh, one of the it's so exciting to watch. I'd highly recommend one of the last speeches. I was hoping it'd be included in the film, but it's not. Um, if I can remember in time, I'll tweet out a link to it because it's one of my favorite things. Um, it's towards the end of his life, and he's talking about directly dismantling the machines of capitalism that oppress poor people on a global scale. He's 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 gone full full comrade by that point. Um, he's an amazing comrade. I would argue that most black and brown people are. Um, like because yeah. it is and that's why they're so afraid of us um because this is the, this is the life that all of us are doomed for uh by design mm-hmm. and we're i don't know king is just is the best example of somebody who just knew what the fuck was good from the jump yeah, and that was I uh, was really surprised. Yeah, once once we get to the Vietnam shit, he um, he talks about prioritizing, like how the government will prioritize, you know, spending money on the war over spending money on its own poor people. Yeah, uh, saying stuff like that. I loved. I had only seen it pretty recently, and then it is in the film that bit where um, it looks like he's giving an interview in a church, and. King says, uh, I would love for our people to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps, but that's a very offensive thing to say to a man with no boots. Of course. Which, god damn, he was spitting fire. Because... Like, he tur- he really turned into a dragon as time went on. These idiots are the same as the idiots in my family who are like, I just want, <laughs> I just want equal footing for everybody. I don't want anybody to have a head start. Well, that that is all fine and well but it's exactly that some people just are born to die that is it they are born they are going to be used and then they are going to die in complete anonymity and that is yeah. despite your high walls and and soundproof uh ins- like insulation and your, and your beautiful air conditioning to keep you in the fucking house in your big beautiful house where you can Ignore the sounds and wails of the poor people outside of your immediate vicinity. Like, that's what the fuck is going on. And that is the fate that all of us are fucking doomed to. Oh my god. It is, it's crazy making. It is. It is. It's, yeah, this movie's insane. It is some heavy shit. Um, one little filmmaking thing. Right there at the very end, they get into the, um some of the rioting that follows the news of King's death. And of course there's looting and there's just the tiniest clip of a, um, of a boy who obviously is, he's holding a globe. Right. Really hit at the right time. 
just like a a young black boy holding oh, on to the world in yeah. his hands Sorry. with destruction all around him real good stuff glad that that was in the movie there's um, yeah <laughs> there's a I don't even know where to go from there dog listen they are afraid that this country is going to be a country of minorities because at that point the minority will no longer be a minority. <laughs> so in between now and then, they're going to kill a whole lot of us. I don't know if I'm just on my doomer shit, but that's like literally that future that you're talking about is what they don't want. <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's what they are actively working towards preventing. I don't um, know. Oh my god. This shit just see. bummed oh, yeah. me out. When they talk about black people all being commies, at one point the phrase Soviet Negro Republic is uttered, and I thought that was very funny. Is that your new SoundCloud name? Yeah, that's me. Um, <laughs> do you want to be my DJ partner? <laughs> yeah, it'll be funny because I just can't say any. Yeah, word. no. <laughs> We'll just put SNR on everything. That yeah, still um, sounds wrong for me to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, this is a uh, a FOIA documentary. Yep. FOIA cinema. Wild. Shout out, uh, yeah. Ken Klippenstein. Shout out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all the homies. It's so wild. Like, yeah, all this shit is made available because of the Freedom of Information Act. And that I is also the, mentioned. I love the government, actually, for letting us... Letting us in on the hot gas. Um, It's also mentioned at the very end that the FBI's tapes will be released sometime in the future. And, you know, maybe that'll give us an even greater insight into MLK. But, buddy, I'm here to tell you I don't need the tapes. No, I'm good. Hard pass. I I know. I feel I know this man. The future is going to get way worse for us. And MLK's vision and his voice and his message are just going to become more resolute. So you can try and poke as many holes into that as you want. But by that point, it will, the legacy will just be completely untouchable. I don't know. Like, who cares? They mentioned that in the doc. Who cares? Like, it's not going to do anything. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I, it covers a lot of ground. I thought it was good, and I I really liked that through line, and I liked the form it takes on. So no, I yeah, I, I didn't mean to sound uh, to harp on it too much or to bully it. I I liked it a, a, a really good amount. I think it's really well made, um, and I like Samuel Pollard's voice. Um, I don't know. Yeah, champion championing. Like pioneering black figures, warts and all, is yeah a much more interesting thing than than hero worshiping anybody. I don't know. I I like it. I like it a lot, despite the occasional dips into the neoliberalism. Like it, it he he's he knows what the fuck he's doing. I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, what he does next. Same. Oh, and then, sorry, real, real quick, the the interviews that he does include at the very end where you finally see the voices of the people who have been talking that whole time, they're beautiful. Did you notice the way they're filmed? Uh-uh. Do you know what I'm talking about? You do, right? I don't know why I don't remember. Damn. 
Yeah, there's like footage of the people talking at the end of it. Oh man, I was hoping you could carry me on the technicals here, Vince. Fuck. Um shit. Uh uh it looks good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it looks good. It's in it's in a very uh, very soft black and white. There's not a lot of like black in the black and white. It's like lots of like whites, lots of grays. <laughs> very nice. Mm. I don't know. It's cool. Um, yeah. Filmed extremely gracefully, um, despite you just having witnessed like the assassination of King and his funeral. Yeah. Like it. It is the most like angelic ending to this movie that. I I did appreciate yeah I do remember appreciating um them keeping in with the black and white as much as they could yeah yeah there's a couple really of nice couple of moments where they cheat but it's good good Very stuff good. all right you ready to move on to a, a happier film yeah oh wait. We're talking about the uh, the dissident, the Brian Fogel movie. Let's go. Uh, I'll read the synopsis. When Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi disappears after entering Saudi Arabia's consulate in Istanbul, his fiancée and dissidents around the world are left to piece together the clues to a brutal murder and expose a global cover-up perpetuated by the very country he loved. Uh, this is The Dissident, again, comes to us from Brian Fogel, director of Icarus. Um, I guess the little background that I think you and I find very interesting is that this was originally a Netflix movie. Um, yeah. When it played Sundance, if I'm not mistaken, it was a Netflix movie. Um, and very quickly after it played Sundance, in the intervening months, it was dropped from Netflix. It was picked up by, I think, Amazon. Amazon dropped it, and now it is put out by a D-tier boutique distributor. <laughs> um, so that's goes to show you the kind of uh, nuclear, uh, levels of nuclear radiation that we're dealing with with the, the dissident. Um, yeah. Netflix didn't want to miss out on any of the, the sweet dollars that could have been uh, earned from subscriptions in Saudi Arabia. So they dropped it. And then I'm honestly surprised Amazon didn't end up keeping this because... Jeff Bezos comes of out course. of this. Jeff Bezos comes out of this looking. Oh like well, a, he's the hero of the movie, like a superhero. Yeah, it's it's so weird, man. How funny would it be yeah. if we find out that that's why Netflix dropped it, and not because of the demonizing that's of the Saudi funny. Crown Prince? Um, that's funny. Oh man, um, where to start with this one, bud? A real hooting, hollering kind of episode. Listen, okay, so. Icarus, right? That's a that's a fun one. That is exploratory, like the right way to insert yourself into a film. That is and Kino excellence, buddy. Now you're now you're then, now you're playing my favorite song. Yeah, and and then it turns into espionage, and it's fantastic. Oh like, my god. Put that movie so inside my veins, dude. So fun how it can how it can move, you know, through different forms. Ex- I'm sorry, you have to explain to me. I don't. The dissident does not work on me. It is just true crime. No, um, I no. I'm gonna try and convince uh, you. Um, 
please. It is it no. Um, the dissident number for starters, the the opening, the scene setting that Fogel does. I was, I think I texted you. I had to do a lap, like I was hooting and hollering. I was honking like a fucking goose, because he he's two features in, and it already yeah. looks like he has his eye like completely figured out. It looks for sure. of a piece with Icarus. It is for a, sure. It's a born movie. Yeah. Oh my god! It's, it's so. It starts cool. off way more exciting than it ends up being. I don't know, dude. That excitement really carried me through the whole movie. By the by, the time that ending hits, and it's that same character from the beginning, and no spoilers. Mm-hmm. It it is. I thought I was gonna watch this man fucking get get capped in goddamn Montreal yeah. or wherever he was, man, in Quebec, wherever. Like, yeah, no, it's love that, love that for him. Um. Let's see. Let's see. I want to talk. So, so that is a, that, that establishing shots there, excuse me, those establishing shots at the beginning of this movie where they look like so cyberpunk, so ghost in the shell, very fucking cool. When he goes to Istanbul and when he goes to Saudi Arabia and Fogel has his insert shots, um, overseas, I don't know if you noticed this and it's something I want that I promise there's a point to it. It sounds like a minute detail, but I'm getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. He films like the Hagia Sophia and a couple of the other like really like beautiful like uh, uh, vistas in that part of the world. He films them with a, like a foggy lens that kind of blurs the lights a little bit. It mm-hmm. looks like you're watching it through clenched eyes that are like crying. I don't. Yeah, I know. I remember the effect. Yeah, it's a little strange. It's it's. It, it is a nice choice. All you need to know from that, Vince, the reason why this is not true crime is because this is truly a film that is more concerned with the emotion of this whole ordeal than it is with, I think, honestly, even more so than any of the geopolitical stuff. You have this movie. The other half of this movie is a love story from beginning to end. It is Jamal Khashoggi, Khashoggi excuse me, meeting his his future fiance their genesis and their relationship and then how cruel and unfair cosmically unfair it is that they're separated by geopolitics yeah yeah it is it made me cry so much dude it is exceptionally sad See, but that that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's not just true crime. No, no. True crime I, doesn't I, do that. I'm and with you, bro. The the filmmaker who directed Icarus shouldn't be able to do that. Because that's not the type of movie Icarus is. For sure. I see what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. That yeah, now emotions and humanity comes into play and it's something entirely different. I see what you mean. Um I totally agree. It's way more concerned with the emotional side i don't know why cinematically it didn't feel like much of a movie because it's less dynamic than icarus is icarus is a shock to the system that movie is a complete electric jolt maybe i don't know maybe i just didn't feel like because of how you know like you said like we said it starts off like a born movie and then to get into the romance thing there, and that's where it ends. Like, 
riding those two things is difficult. Maybe structurally that makes it more difficult as well. Cause I think it's also really film, long. It's, 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 I mean, it's, yeah, it's two hours and it's not in a straight line. Right. It's not chronological all the way through or whatever. So you imagine how sad this shit would be if it was chronological and you just have, see, that's what I'm you saying. You just have Khashoggi like dying at the end of it. Hard pass. I do. I mean, I do wonder, like I'm, I bet that Fogel was asked to make another cut of the movie. Yeah, probably. I and, wouldn't be surprised. And passed. I'm sure that that's what happened. And, you know, credits to him for sticking to his guns. But, like, I don't know. It just didn't work on me. That's okay. It didn't work on me. I can see all of it. I can see every bit of that. Yeah. If, but it, it, if just, it didn't work, it didn't work. Do, mm. do, you, do you think Fogel has a career after this? Or do you think he's do you think he's persona non grata? Because for re- like he's Netflix is done with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, over the course of this movie, he very astutely points out, and Kashoji does too, how digital Saudi Arabia is. Yeah, that is so many eyeballs on Netflix screens. That's true. I really, I don't, dude, it scares me so much. Truly, it, like, really scares me that Fogel, Brian Fogel is not going to have a career after this. Nah, he definitely will. I don't know. I really don't know. People who, as we see in the documentary, who talk out this vocally about Saudi Arabia don't survive. I, I mean. I hope he has a good security detail. Of course, of course. I bet Bezos throws a bag at him. I, I wouldn't put it past him to I get the Amazon deal or whatever after this. He's not he's hasn't nothing's been announced. I know, I know. I I I think he's fine. And I don't know. Everybody's fine. And I dude, I I really <laughs> struggle with that, Vince. I got to be honest with you. I don't know if he is. Again, I don't know if you just caught me in in doomer mode or whatever, but this is the best picture or best documentary feature director. This is his next feature. And Icarus was yeah, no yeah. small feat. Icarus was massive. That movie was cultural conversation. Just a gold mine of content. This, yeah. this is the next movie, highly anticipated, controversial subject matter. And we had to look for it, bro. I don't know if he has a way out of this one. I don't know. And that makes me so fucking sad. I mean, yeah, it's something to consider. Yeah, it's tough, dude. I'm yeah. Sorry to harp on it so much, but that really is the one of the main things that hit me is like, damn. I really hope I get to watch another Brian Fogel movie while a while he's alive, <laughs> and two, yeah. uh, I while he's on this run. I I don't know. Like I, he's in a good zone. I um, think. I don't know. It's just some things that bug me about this movie. Like what bugs you? Talk about it. You've got you've got good orb footage. Trump touching the orb. Thank God, bro. Sophie and I screamed. Donald Trump. Has, <laughs> Remember when that happened? Trump has such a fat ass, dude. It's crazy. He's got a He's dumper. He's got a dumper, bro. Exactly. Let's go, bro. Yeah. Uh, he's got he's packing yeah. two orbs himself dog <laughs> god damn donnie um <laughs> i'm serious bro uh donald with the cheeks i mean there are things like 
well, off the rip, okay, why why was Amazon trying to expand to Saudi Arabia? Because they're a burgeoning digital culture. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You. you the the um, movie mentions the Arab Spring as as being like a like a watershed moment for the Middle East becoming like digital, like welcoming in them into the digital mm-hmm. age. I remember and that, especially for Egypt. Yeah. The Square Cinematic Universe. We talked about the Vow a couple months ago. Like, dude. Like, do you have, you've mm-hmm. watched the Square, right? You have. The, Wait. The, whoa, dude. The same directors that did um. That did the vow. Um, Jahan knew. Oh yeah. Nahim, no, uh, that was a very early Netflix original movie. They ta- that movie is all about the uh, the um, excuse me the Tahir Tahrir Square like manifestation or whatever. This movie touches on that cinematic universe. I love it. The biggest, most ambitious crossover since um, Captain mm-hmm. Pee Pee and uh, Poo Poo Man or whatever. Sorry. Let me. There's like a thing at the heart of this that I just think the movie doesn't engage with where it's the reason this matters to Jeff Bezos is because he's protecting his interests. Oh, he wants to make money. There's nothing moral about it at all. Exactly. So and yeah, and it's him with Amazon and with the Washington Post. Right. So it's like he's protecting like okay his amazon's image like okay maybe let's not move into saudi arabia right and and we'll withhold our business with them or whatever and to like giving a shit that a separate uh sovereign nation murdered one of your employees and uh and three, like he ends up, <laughs> just that he ends up being the the. I mean, I, I know that it is all about money, but he is framed as the moral guy. Uh, but yeah. that he is he gets to play the big moral hand here because Trump doesn't. It's like that is neoliberalism. No, it absolutely is. The the only that way is. that you could get this multi-billionaire known piece of shit to look good is if you frame him against somebody that everybody hates just the devil that is the only way that that this guy can look like a moral upstanding upstanding person person. yeah uh so i don't know it's like not engaging with that and then again i don't because so much of this has to do with like media and right. journalists and stuff who I don't actually know enough about to form my own opinion on. Um, like no offense to Brian Fogel or whatever, but like, I would like, like I, I just need to do that for myself. So like, like, I don't know, like I get an idea of what, uh, MBS was like running as basically and I see uh, Khashoggi, um, like, he he was a government tool that got used and then got tossed aside when he was proven to be useless to them now. 100%. And in and, and that way, sure, it, like, sends a message or whatever. But 
I think it's uh, I don't know. It's it's tough. It's tough because it's you have to engage with the first part. Look, okay. So MBS was 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 being framed as a reformist. Um, yeah, obviously yeah, exactly. he was somebody who was uh, like a fucking hard air quotes around everything I say from this point forward, but who is extremely progressive when it came to like women's roles in Saudi society and mm-hmm. um, like, like very just uh, across the board, like liberal uh, or whatever. Um, again, context, whatever. But he's somebody who saw that potential in Saudi Arabia and sought to change it without tearing it completely down, right? And he did that through God knows how many countless fucking shady-ass murders and backroom dealings like the one that this film is about. And you got Jamal Khashoggi, who is also somebody who loves his fucking country and knows that there's another, there's a, a path forward, rather, for Saudi Arabia out of the unfavorable period that he he grew up in right like he went Khashoggi went to school in the United States he knows what quote unquote freedom fucking looks like or whatever and progressivism looks like and the my point with this being they're both nationalists and this film yes expertly delineates the dangers between two very different types of nationalism yes. um yeah I, it is, dude, he's doing that and he's doing the love story thing. In addition to including various B plots of like empowerment of yeah. people who were inspired by, by Khashoggi. I, yeah. I don't know. He, he has so many like plates that he's spinning and none of them crash. Like every, I, it, the check, this check cleared for me a hundred percent. I see. I think it's just okay. Uh, MBS, like you said, the the shit that makes him look progressive is uh, is just bringing in the tools of capitalism as a pacifier. Completely. It's just that's it's just like um, what's f- fucking Amazonification, literally of his society. Literally, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's like okay, well, if we'll let women drive cars, and we're like, yeah, that's a progressive thing. But then it could also be like you can sell well, more cars to people. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. There's that shit, and also we like export oil. That's I mean, that's good for us. Yada yada, all that shit. Um, movies, concerts, whatever. The whole bring thing. in Amazon, whatever. And then to have like I don't know. It's just such, it's so sour to me that then at the end, like, the hero is the world's greatest capitalist ever. No, 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 no. I, listen, I'm in, comp- I'd be a complete hypocrite if I criticized MLK FBI for doing that. And I didn't criticize, obviously. But I think, I think MLK FBI did not have, let me, let me get my, my thoughts together. I'm sorry. MLK FBI is preaching a a a gospel of of burgeoning radicalism and increasing radicalism mm-hmm. over MLK's life and it sells it short by making a hero out of the demon the entire time right right so this movie though i i think if your way to compromise and to get Jamal Khashoggi's story out to as many people as possible is by very quickly patting Jeff Bezos on the back 
because he he is he's funding your movie and allowing that movie to be seen all over the world assuming this is the amazon cut you know oh do you think that's what we're gonna get i think i think this is what we got i think this is the cut that we got no i mean do you think that that's like what the movie's ultimate fate is gonna be what do you mean like amazon i know that you said that they dropped it or whatever but like i think this that was the purpose okay i'm like almost certain that was the purpose Right? Like, like it has it's, to it's, be. Why else would you suck his dick so much? Like, I don't know. I'm just. I'm just saying it's. Uh, that's that's the type of compromise. I'm sorry. That's the type of compromise I'm willing to respect because Brian Fogel is not folding at all. Instead, he's manufacturing it and packaging the information he has in a way without truly compromising any of the Jamal Khashoggi saga, any of any of his like uh, like ideology, any of his like uh, message or anything like that. When I think in MLK FBI, it almost completely betrays the film. It's acting in direct opposition. I I see what you mean. Yes, yes, yes. I know. It's just... I could be just, completely wrong. That's okay, too. It just rubs me the wrong way. Like, knowing, like... I don't know. I don't even know how to put words into it. It's It's just not a good thing. Oh, you're good. And this isn't this isn't me being like you know Fogel isn't about uh, it. Le- uh, yeah, he's not a lefty leftist enough or whatever. Um, it's not purely just a a oh why don't you hate capitalism type thing or whatever. It's do you like do you not see like the lengths that these people will go to hold on to their money? And I get that. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, you know, and then it, 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 you know, that shit gets followed up afterwards with the, uh, the text message leaks of Jeff Bezos and his whole affair or whatever. Horny little and Jeff Bezos. <laughs> that little fucker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, and then it's like, okay, well, he's a victim too now. Yeah, no. The gazillionaire is a victim too. Yeah. I, mm-mm. Nobody. Billionaires gets, shouldn't be allowed to have private lives. The richest man ever. Yeah. No. You, no. I want to own a piece of Jeff Bezos. Like you, you, you don't get a private life at that point, buddy. I. Mm-mm. It's. It was. I'm sorry. It was so funny to see, to read his private text messages with MBS. Just the thought of these two men sitting and texting each other. That's very funny. Romance, truly. That, yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on MBS? <laughs> Bitch, pardon me? <laughs> Fuck that guy, man. Come on. He looks so cool. You're tripping. No, thank you. And he sounds like he has a cool voice. <laughs> God damn you, Vince. Fuck you. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. You're you are on some shit. You think MBS is hot. Uh, Vince, Vince's uh, cheeks are all rosy. Vince, Vince peed his pants. 
I look, hey, all right. Uh, the, this movie does a social ethnography better than the social dilemma did. It sh- conveys uh, data, the way data moves. It conveys the way uh, information just flows in the modern world so much yeah. better. And the, the, the really the coup de grace there, that fly versus bees uh, sequence. Um, Cause Good. the, the hashtag that you see is what do you know about the bees? Because as we find out, and as we already touched on Saudi Arabia has just like a designated government branch of trolls that they have, they have designated as the flies who just swarm whenever shit is happening. And they, if I say one negative thing about the crown prince, I'll get a million and two replies calling me an idiot and a fascist and blah, 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 blah. So the way Khashoggi and one of his uh, associates strategized to combat this is by forming a network of bees who do the same exact thing, but to counter them. And it is not a designed or coordinated effort. Instead, it's a grassroots effort. The way that mo- the way this movie conveys that information, it makes it so easy to understand. It's it's yeah. so yeah, cool. Yeah. I I was thinking about the social dilemma using like live action reenactments and using this weird like hologram shit that looked so kitschy. This movie no. does not need that, and it conveys this huge, massive, like global like battle between two different like movements in yeah. maybe like five minutes and it looks cool did, did it make you think of black hat at all completely yes completely it's sick the idea that yeah. michael mann would be just like i want to film the inside of an internet router but i want to make it look like chicago is the funniest fucking thing on the planet and this movie does exactly that it's so yeah. fucking cool man it's sick it's fucking cool Oh man, I I'm sorry. But, I loved this shit, dog. Uh, how do you feel about John Brennan being in this documentary? John Brennan, <laughs> former director of the CIA. Oh, he can suck my dick from the back. <laughs> and how does it help your theory that um, Brian Fogel is CIA? <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about that yet. Thank you, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> Bro, thank you for bringing that up. I was running, I was starting to run on fumes, buddy. Now you got me amped the fuck up. Sasha Baron Cohen, CIA, possibly Mossad. I'm doing some investigating on that. And, dog, Brian Fogel is for sure the fucking CIA. Bro, this motherfucker's the feds. You don't go two for two toppling governments with your movies, fam. Yeah, you don't see, do that's that. what I'm saying. That doesn't see, happen, dog. And that's what makes the shit even scarier, bro. It's like that's some deep state shit too. Hundred percent, my friend. Like the CIA stepping in and being like, no, 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 no. Like we don't fuck with Saudi Arabia. Like knowing that, like the rest of like the the executive branch does. CIA being like, no, we don't like them. And then having Jeff Bezos, like being able to go out there and protect Jeff Bezos and his money. Oh, God. Like the way that that feels like extra national, I guess, or something like it's It's weird. It's very weird. It is a fucked vibe. It's weird. I I would I would (laughs) I would 
reel it all the way back just to say the fact that Brian Fogle got the green light to start making this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That is crazy in and of itself. Um, Yeah. What (laughs) makes me question his standing with with the CIA (laughs) is the fact that this movie is going to be seen by six people worldwide. See, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, And I don't know. I don't know now, you know. Maybe he's I just somebody who's like well connected. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe um maybe we should do our research and No. Maybe no. Amazon has gone back and been like, actually, Saudi Arabia's kinda cool. They're like, like <laughs> They're like pretty tight. You know, I talked to Mohammed bin Salman on the phone the other day, and he's a good dude. <laughs> he's, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? Me, yeah, he's me, a no, good dude. Me and MBS were chatting the other day. He's, like, not mad at you, like, at all for, like, what you did dude, to him. He's like, dude, psh, water under the bridge. <laughs> 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 I was worried we weren't going to be funny on this episode. God damn it, man. <laughs> he said what happened is totally cool. He gets it. Real even-headed kind of guy. Mm-mm. Don't even worry mm-hmm. about it, dude. Don't even worry Don't about it. Don't even fucking worry about it. <laughs> Meanwhile, the homie Omar <laughs> has his entire family in prison. Why'd you gotta make me sad again, dog? This motherfucker's like, a supervillain. A real-life supervillain. If ever we needed G.I. Joe, you know? <laughs> if ever we needed G.I. Joe. But, um, yeah, man. it's um That is some wild shit. We talked that about is... the deep state. This movie implicates Jared Kushner. Again, you don't just get to do that. You really don't. Yeah. Like, that is some yeah, shit again. that you will be killed for. Ass- assuming this is the CIA pointing the finger, and it's like, this is J- it's Jared Kushner's doing. He's the one fucking up what we are trying to do. Jared Kushner, that new character that we were just doing, that is literally Jared Kushner talking That's to Trump. That's his He's entire like, job. MPS that is, what he is like, in. honestly, like, pretty wavy, chill, iry vibes. He's, dude, we're going to have a fucking pool party. We're going to have a fucking rager. We're going to get <laughs> Benny Natty Yahoo. <laughs> He's Biggie's Benny Natty up, Ice. Dude? <laughs> yeah, dude, Biggie's gonna fucking be there. He's bringing the natty light. Then we got MBS yeah. coming. MBS is bringing the seltzer. We can't have a party without fucking seltzer, yeah. dude. I'm bringing dude. the weed because my ex girlfriend yeah. works at a dispensary and she's gonna be hooking <laughs> me up with the fucking weed, dude. Fucking Uncle Merkel's gonna shop. Don't let her in, dude. Don't, Don't fucking let her, let her in. in dude. Don't let her. She's I, not fucking dude, invited. If I fucking <laughs> see that fucking bitch in my fucking house, yeah. dude, oh, I'm dude. sorry. I didn't mean to lose my fucking cool. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm calling sorry. a woman a bitch is not cool. When not are we? Cool. When are we chopping up that person <laughs> later today? Exactly. <laughs> oh fuck your. Anyways, all right. Bojo, what's good? Um, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> that's that's all I got. Uh, this movie uh, should win. Uh, Best uh, score at the Oscars. Uh, this score by Adam Peters is just the softest strings uh, being played, and it is the most calculated shit, perfectly formulated in a lab to make you cry. Um, I don't know. It was tugging at my heartstrings, dude. That's all I got. I don't know. Listen, guys, this one 
it really worked on me. I'm all in on Brian Fogel, and I think uh, color co- color me biased because I'm really scared that we're not going to get another movie from him. Not going to get another, and also this like our is a bigger audience going to get to see this after Doc NYC? Like no. you said, there's there's a whatever D tier distributor. Who's to say that they even hold on to this? I don't this know. could end up nowhere. I mean, I think if it gets released, it will end up nowhere. Let me see on Letterboxd. Dude, I think... Keep in mind, this was the hot... One of the hot tickets at Sundance. We yeah. could not get... This is one of like maybe a handful of movies in going to Sundance for four years that I have like not straight up been denied at the door. No chance of getting in, right? Yeah. Dude, this movie has been seen by less than 200 people on Letterboxd as of this writing. This shit weird. is buried. I wouldn't be surprised if the company that's putting it out is like a shell company or something. Like, it is... That's a good take. I'm serious, dude. Listen, I'm willing to believe anything. At this point, buddy? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Um, I know. I... It's going to be real sad when this movie goes nowhere. I think this movie, dude, in in any other circumstance, would be a blockbuster in, in the documentary conversation at the Oscars. And it's not going to get yes. a single thing. Okay, wait, real quick. I have one thing, one detail I need to get to. Yes. Jamal Khashoggi was at Indiana State University in 1979. Yep. Do you know who else was there? <laughs> I was going to be mean for a second. I was going to say, let me guess. Is it either your dad or Pistol Pete Maravich? <laughs> Larry Bird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I thank you for being my friend. I'm sorry for being so rude to you all the time. That's funny. It was it was too good for me to ignore. Um, your brain, dude. <laughs> your mind. Just <laughs> <laughs> Info poisoned Vince. <laughs> You're honestly so based and fucking basketball pilled. Um, that is so funny. And I did. I did want to say with. Um, <laughs> God damn it! Now how am I supposed to make a serious point? No, you're good. Uh, uh, I. The idea of uh, Hashoji being a uh, political toy that the state could use until they no longer found a use for it made me think of um, while he has a leader that is seemingly like more progressive than than he actually is uh, made me think of all this talk about holding Joe Biden accountable. Well, completely. Yeah, it's like I was like we saw him try and oh, he's dead. Like, or, uh, you know, or they will make sure that his voice is just not heard. At least not on their soil. That's not, yeah, it's, we've already seen Joe Biden's whole cabinet is, is women and people. Not saying they're the same. No, not at all. Come on. No, not at all. Uh, Thank God. No, I'm not stupid. But (laughs) Joe Biden's cabinet is all diversity for the sake of diversity, inclusion for the sake of inclusion. And it goes back to that very same, very popular meme at this point of like, oh, cool. Now a girl can drone bomb me or like now a person of color can like, yeah, 
I don't know, shoot up my my wedding in Egypt or wherever the fuck. Like it's it's nonsense. It it is com- it diversity doesn't fucking matter if our values are the exact same shit values that we were founded on as a fucking country. It's um some shit, man. It is some shit. Um one of these <laughs> one of the, these reviews on Letterboxd has a has one star and it just says way too flashy. <laughs> you want to look at the, you want to find an account. Calm that is, down. No, you want to find an account that is, is, is definitely from a Saudi IP address. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. This documentary is just not good to someone like me written from Ohio. <laughs> yeah, I don't Dude. know, man. Um, Wishful thinking. Somebody has this on their Oscars list. Like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. All right, whatever. Um, MLK FBI, watch that shit when it comes out. Uh, The Dissident, I guess your mileage may vary, folks. Um, I am interested. I wish that this was already more widely available and... It should be I, if you want to watch it at home. I think second week of December is when it's it's coming out. Yeah, I hope it hits the waves. Um, Cause yeah, I I'd like more opinions on it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, guys, this has been your doc pod for the week. Um, we're gonna be hopefully announcing some cool stuff for December in addition to a very fun year-end episode that we'll do um yeah we'll get there um um don't go outside guys uh follow us on instagram and twitter at doc plus pod um you can follow vince at vp briscoe and you can follow me at underscore rucker ish this is the last episode that we have uh, queued up for november so we hope you had a good month and then uh we'll see you we'll see you in december folks All right, bye. Bye.